What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ready for another week of podcasting where we talk about sexuality and sex and relationships and sex toys and our personal mental health and all the things that have that this podcast has evolved into <laughs> over the years. Is this podcast just Brady and Jeremy podcast. It's. I mean, it is. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much. And then, and then, and then we're, and then we're great, and then we're, we're graced with the presence of uh, some really smart people sometimes. Actually, yeah, all, like all the time. Week. We always have very all smart guests. All the guests are yeah. very smart. And we're, I guess, we're graced by all the smart people who listen to us. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you're smart. Just by listening to this show, you are smart. <laughs> I agree. And, Probably smarter than the average bear. And smarter still if you're a patron and you're watching this. <laughs> Those are some high IQ folks out there who are our patrons. Although you don't have to have a high IQ to be smart, do you? 
Uh, I you, don't need, you need a high to do this. And uh, if you want to see what that was, <laughs> you'll have to go to patreon.com slash turn me on. Become a patron and you can watch our foreplay segments. You don't um, want to miss those. How do yeah. you feel about the word foreplay these days, by the way? Foreplay? How do I feel about the word foreplay? Yeah, or the, well, mean? I mean, not mean? the word. What do you What do you think about, so a lot of the messaging I've been seeing in, in my echo chamber is about... Um, is foreplay canceled? Foreplay being like canceled because... <laughs> <laughs> because it's not, it's considered optional Wait, when it's foreplay. Well, oh, like, okay. Yeah. Like, so the word foreplay uh, constitutes like a, it's not as important. It, exactly. It is, it's, a, it's a secondary thought, right? It's Re- before penetration. <clears throat> it's before the, before the main play. event. Right. You know? Is for. But it is actually the, it is play. Is the word for an actual preface? <clears throat> yeah. F-O. Um, F-O-R-E. F-O-R-E. Is yeah, that a, is, it is, how, a preface. is it a preface for other words? Like where, where else do we see foreplay or the word? Uh, sorry, for. In other um, words. Preface examples, um, foreground. Um, oh, foreground. Yes, yes. Yeah. Nice. Anything um, else? Oh, it's not, I, that didn't, my quick Google search didn't bring up enough of that, anything. So for, I want to say a for, forehead. Forehead. Sure. Yeah. It is. It's yeah, the, yeah. the yeah. front of your head. Um, I said foreground for. Can you look up? Can you look up the definition of? Four. Yeah, like is that can is that a possibility? The definition of four. Uh, yeah. So four is its own word as well. So it just means in, toward, or near the front. Okay. Um. So. It it isn't used. Uh. It's a, it says it's obsolete at an earlier time or period. Oh, yes. So that's an obsolete definition. At an earlier time or period. Four square, four, the, isn't that like four square and 10 years ago or something like that? Oh, I'm going to just force. You've lost no, me. I, um, I know. So, so okay. Four so square. The, um, yes, I remember the game four square when I was, when I was in uh, elementary no, school. Um uh, so, f- so foreplay, C- give me more here than you, you've heard people being not okay with the, with the term foreplay similar, like- s- similar to the, like similar to the way that our friend Nicole is like, fuck the, the word virginity. Let's go with sexual debut, which I'm all for. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And also that movement's been around for a while. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, foreplay is, is not like let's get rid of it, but kind of, yeah. I think I think I'm. So what kind do we of what do we call foreplay now? Um, sex, oh. sexy time. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. It's all it's sex. It's just all. It's all sex. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it is all sex to me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not like I, I've 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 never really been one to think like. <laughs> Got to start with the foreplay, or where's the foreplay, or like what, what. What will, like you don't fore- distinguish? what will the foreplay? What will the no? It's just like we're kissing now, and this is going to turn into something more than kissing, and that is great, and that's all I want. 
I uh, I wonder what like what the actual history of the word foreplay is like when it came into playing and when it came into play because I kind of feel like it's one of those situations where like husbands in like the 40s were like I don't know what's wrong but I I stick my penis in the vagina and she says that she doesn't like it and and like people being like well here's the th- weird thing about people with vulvas I wonder if it is, was uh, who, who was that couple Masters and Johnson or yeah. uh, uh, I bet I bet you they had something to do with it. Probably. You know what right. we should do? We we should prep for next episode so that we know this stuff. <laughs> like smart people. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. <laughs> Neither did I. I had no idea we were we were going down this road. <laughs> tune um, in next week. Yeah, tune in next week for we'll f- this exact conversation, but with facts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know what, folks? Uh, we actually do have a really fun conversation lined up for you later in the show. Uh, we spoke to our new friend from all the way down in Florida, the most northern tip of Florida, uh, Dr. J, who I, I don't want to give too much away before we get into it because it's it's quite it's quite the conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. J, we'll say I'll, I'll say this much right now. What Dr. J does is uh, she is writing some very horny literature. And uh, very excited to get my hands on some of her books, <clears throat> some of her workings. But I um, uh, had a very, very fun, fun, fun conversation with Dr. J. And we're excited to throw to that uh, momentarily here. But before we do, um, Bride, you uh, you were saying before we started the oh, show yeah. here that you had a little like survey thing you wanted to run through with us. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I like, uh, I like surveys. I like tests. <laughs> Um, it's actually an inventory. We're taking an inventory. Mm. What All do you right. think that means? And uh, c- kind of taking stock of what you uh, what? Well, I mean, inventory technically is how much of product exists within. I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know. Don't ask me this shit. No, Inven- no, that's I mean, that's right. inventory that in, in, right. in terms of uh, the <laughs> in terms of the the. Odd jobs I had as a kid. Uh, coming to you next week. More information on, on, on the history of inventory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in, uh, taking inventory, like your own personal inventory, like uh, sort of, sort of taking, checking in with uh, with your, I don't know, with your thoughts and feelings on certain things. I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what is inventory? Fuck. How dare you ask me that? I um, need nicotine. <laughs> I'm going to say that this word, th- this use of the word inventory, I think is is directly related to whatever the the actual word that Esther Perel wanted to use in a different language. And this was like sort of the closest thing oh, she I could come you. up with in English. Yeah, yeah. So is this an Esther Perel thing? Yeah. God love her. So this guy, yeah, I know. Um, and I and I just love the way that with she my, uses the English she, language. She was hanging out with my buddy uh, Justin Baldoni the other day. Oh no way! Yeah, I wanted to text Justin and be like, "Hey, can you ask her if she'll come on my show?" Please. I think Justin would have been yeah. like, uh, "Don't use Can't my do number that, for this. Buddy. Don't don't use my number yeah. for that." Yeah. <clears throat> um. Anyway, continue. Yeah, one day. 
we'll get there. Another, we'll get you know, there. keep plugging away. Um, okay. So here is, so this inventory, she says, is designed to get you to start asking questions to examine and explore yourself, your behaviors, your motives, and your history. I think this is on her, on her, um, like I popped over to her Instagram and you can like hit her link tree or whatever. And it's a really interactive, I've never seen this in a link tree before, but it's like, it's a whole other program that's like a swiping situation. Anywho, so you can download these list of questions there if you want to. And uh, the inventory, 10 questions you should be asking yourself about your sex life. Ooh. Um, yeah. She Sounds suggests fun. you take one or one or two of these questions per week. So they, they require some thought. All right. Great. Um, well, we don't have time for that. So we're going to just plow right through it with no thought. <clears throat> okay. Um, I'm going to actually skip to question three. Cause Ooh, okay. That's my I'll, favorite I'll, number. Okay, great. What do you like to experience in sex? So here, here, what she's listed. Okay. She's listed a bunch of words and I can read them to you. Um, or I can just tell you that they're, they're like, um, they're adjectives describing words Mm -hmm. and you could, you know, maybe have some of those in your mind. Uh, already before I start reading these other people's answers. So, Gwen, the question, what do you like to experience in sex? So I'll let you sit with that for a second, and then I'm going to give you some examples. Okay. Some options here include tenderness, softness, closeness, intensity, aggression, transcendence, spiritual connection, rebelliousness, a release, surrender, dominance, abandon, unboundedness, freedom, freedom from responsibility, ruthlessness, timelessness, giving, receiving, yeah, being I f- taken. I feel like we're playing the, th- the thesaurus game. I know. <clears throat> sort of. So those are, those are some options. Do you, do you, uh, any of those jump out to you, or do you have any of your own that swim to the can you forefront? Read, can, you, can you read it again? Your brain? There, there were a couple there that that stuck out to me. Um, mm-hmm. um, tenderness, softness, closeness, intensity, intensity, transcendence, transcendence. Yeah, connection. transcendence. That was the one. Intensity, transcendence, um, dominance, and. Um. Hmm. Wow. This is a good. This is fun. This is very interesting. There's one more word I'm looking for, <clears throat> but it's and it's kind of in the <clears throat> in the realm of transcendence. Um. Like Surreal. <laughs> no. No. Um. What is the oh fuck this is this is now becoming like not so fun to listen to is like us thinking um, <laughs> uh, well, hopefully our listeners are you know thinking about this question for themselves yeah, yeah, or perhaps yeah. speaking to someone else in the room, maybe even pressing pause being there like, is a word this actually this actually came up in um in this came up in a game of the thesaurus game. 
<clears throat> real uh, uh, not too long ago. I want to say it was phantasm, phantasmic. What is phantasm? Mm. Delusive appearance, What's... illusion, ghost, specter, a figment of the imagination, uh, a product of fantasy, such as a mental representation of a real object. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, just I'm I'm poking a little bit too deep. Um, mm. uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, but I think that I think those those three words work really well. Um, dominance, um, transcendence, and uh, what was the other one that I said? <clears throat> um, intensity. Intensity. Yeah, those like like that, and also also um, also a little a little dash of um, of closeness. In there. <laughs> just a dash. Yeah, just a dash of closeness. <laughs> uh that's nice. I mean I, you know <clears throat> I like I like I I mean I like all sex. I like I like sex when it's like just waking up groggy like having sex cuz you know waking out of a sex dream sex. I like I like like we're about to go to bed. We haven't had sex today. Let's make let's make sure we have sex today. Sex. But I I like all sex, but I really love the sex that's like, you know, that sort of, when you're done, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was. That was the workout. That was something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> um, cool. Good, good answers. Are we going to go into another one? I guess so, unless I'm supposed to answer. You answer. Um, I'm going to just keep it real short and say, yeah, transcendence. Um, transcendence is a good one because yeah. that encompasses a lot, I think. Yeah. It's like a feeling of leaving, <clears throat> not leaving your body, but like maybe just like dissolving and becoming one with everything. It's, I, I think it, I think it's like, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it equates like true presence in the mm. you know getting so lost mm -hmm. in the consciousness. act that you are yeah yeah consciousness fuck that's a good that's a good one there transcendence flow state yeah. that would be another that'd be another like flow i think it would be good oh yeah yeah that's i mean that's so great when that happens during sex um Aunt i flow. kind of feel yeah i feel like abandon is a nice a nice word um but so abandoned to just like no restraint or like mm, mm -hmm. censorship. Yes. Um, Reckless yeah. abandoned. And, and uh, there was another one. Oh, like maybe I want to say like, a, I like the word a release there. I think like I want to feel like I have ex like I have exercised a go. demon. Exercise the demon is basically what I was gonna say. Yeah, exorcism mild, was one of the first words demon. that came to mind. But yeah, <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, sure, okay. Let's jump into another question. Um, among the five senses, which is the most sexual for you? I think we've asked this before. Seeing, hearing, smelling, touching, tasting. Seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like fucking I like I you know, I 
I like the lights on. I don't like I my eyes closed. I like to watch. I like to see. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know what? That that has become especially true now that I with the new place that I'm living in with the like wall to wall floor to ceiling <laughs> mirrors. mirror that is the closet. Yeah. Like it's it's the whole half of my bedroom is one giant mirror and that's like that's fun. That's great. Mm. So I'd say seeing yeah, is the big one for me. I think I'm going to say touching. I have been, um, I'm sure there are like, I just assume that, that, uh, that having a, a partner who like just generously wants to like give you massages mm. for every day for, um, long periods of time, like doesn't really exist is like more of a fantasy, mm-hmm. but sometimes I fantasize about, about just like someone just grabbing hold of my feet and giving me the best foot massage ever. Yeah. Cause it's going to lead to sex. It's yeah, going yeah. to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say touching. I played that card the other night. Mm. Oh, actually it was, uh, <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I had that promescent, um, uh, massage gel or massage oil oh, yeah. in the closet. And I was like, can I, um, I just, uh, uh, can I use this on you? And he was like, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, I know where this is going to go. Okay, here's another fun one. All right. Of of the following verbs, which are you most comfortable with and which would you like to stretch? Okay. To ask, to take, to give, to receive, to refuse. Say them again. The, which let's, which are you most comfortable with, and which are do you want to? Would you like to stretch? Which, which what I, does that fucking mean? Does that mean like which do you want to be better at, or to be more? Yeah. <clears throat> right, more inclined to try and be, yeah. be open to. And 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 this is in the context of your sex life. Okay, say it again. To ask, to take, to give, to receive, to refuse. To ask, to take. Give to receive to refuse. And what am I most comfortable with? And what do I want to stretch the most? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm probably most comfortable with to give. Mm-hmm. And I could probably stretch to ask. Mm. I think. Mhm. Yeah, I think I'm I'm to give as well. And then the one I'd like to stretch, I kind of think it might be to take. Mm. Cuz I feel like I get that feedback in my partnerships through my life is like I want you to just <laughs> like you know be more aggressive in like how you pursue. That's what you want. No, I feel like that's that's, what my partners have expressed. Oh, expressed to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Rather than like, as opposed to, to ask (laughs) like, Hey, would you go down on me? It's like, it's more of a, like to take would be to like, I'm going to suck your dick right right now. Mm, Do you know what mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm. Like there's like a, a, 
an aggression, but it's almost like a forward crossing of a bridge. Like that's, you know, really quick. However, I will say that anytime, yeah, I guess anytime I've tried to be, to take in my sort of like most natural instinctual way, it (laughs) usually gets met with like, what are you, why are you being such a goof? (laughs) Right, right. You're kind of of weird. I was, I, I mean, to take was like, was toe to toe with, uh, to give, but I didn't want to say to take because I didn't want it to make it sound like I'm selfish. Because I, I don't, I don't, I really don't think I am. I don't think I'm a selfish lover at all. But I was like, if you say to take, I think it's going to be taken the wrong way. <clears throat> but I have no, <laughs> like, I, I mo- more often than not, I have no problem just being like, to be being like what you say you want to be more of, which is like, <clears throat> you know, um, assertively aggress, assertive and aggressive in the initiation of sex but you know i'll say this that i've noticed is that i i I have a gas tank i have a limit of that and so if i'm doing that too much i start to i start to get in my head and i start Mm -hmm. to i start to feel like um i start to feel like it it there's like an imbalance and then and then i get Mm -hmm. self-conscious about taking or giving um yeah. So, so that, so I think that's where the ask, that's where the stretching, the ask comes in mm. because when I'm in that state of self-consciousness about like, oh, I've initi- I've been initiating too much or <clears throat> I don't feel like I've been receiving or I don't feel like I've been being taked from, um, uh, I, I then get, I, I then find it hard to ask for what I need. Like I start, I start, I start to like kind of go into a bit of a hole. It's like a, a weird fucked up spiral. Interesting. So ask is like, <clears throat> I think ask. And then, and then when I come out of it, I'm like, you could have just fucking asked like, what are you, why are you in your head about all this shit? So that's where the ask comes in. Cause I, I'm good at taking, good at like, in, like pushing forward and doing it and, and making it happen. But then if I get too caught up in my own mental bullshit, then I have a hard time asking for what I need. Man, it's so hard too. And like a chunk of time goes by and you're like, I've been thinking about this for a while now and asking just feels so loaded. Yeah. <clears throat> you're yeah. like, uh, asking now comes with like, all of the stories that I made up over yeah. the last week while I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> That's a good question. I like that question. That was, uh, that was good food for thought. Do you, do you have another okay. one? Um, the other ones I feel like, so uh, what, what, what's the purpose of this? This is like a, this is like, I guess just to take, like you had said earlier, just taking inventory of your, of your sex life. Just to, again, just like food for thought, just to think about the things that maybe you should consider more or put work into or like, is that, is that the purpose yeah. of this? Well, this is what she says in the like, why is this important? <clears throat> she says, we all come to relationships with an emotional dowry that contains fear, basically baggage, what your fears, that? your anticipations. What is that word dowry? I, I do love that word. Dowry <clears throat> is what is, what... I, I believe traditionally it's used as like literally when you marry, when you married me, what I like, what my family provided to you and your family, like to marry me. That's a dowry. Yeah. 
It's a I gift. Still, I still that... don't know what that is. Oh, so oh, you were the gift. No, no, no. It's um like property or money or livestock that my family would give to oh, you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, your dad when did you give us all me. those goats. So I'm I'm <laughs> glad for that. That was nice. That was nice. He did give us that dowry. A goat da- dowry. 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 Um, so basically, yes, it's food for thought. It's, Hey, cause I'll give you some examples of the other questions on here. Um, so what are the dominant messages you grew up with about boys and girls slash men and women slash, you know, whatever, um, uh, about boys. Yeah. Yeah. What are the dominant messages you grew up with about, about, your gender, gender, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how comfortable are you in communicating your sexual wants and dislikes? How about your emotional wants and dislikes? I mean, we, we've dressed mm. that on the show all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what was the attitude towards sex in your family growing up? Um, which is a really hard one, I think, to like Pin really... Down. Yeah, pin down I mean, and like weed for, out. For some people, maybe. For some people. Yeah. I, I know, I've heard of some people, it's very easy to. Yeah, that's fair. That out. Um, do you want sexual exclusiveness in your relationships? That's on her list of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what is question a hard conversation for you to have around intimacy and sexuality? How do you feel? Mm-hmm. What happens to your body? What is the story there? So, yeah, it's kind of just Lots like. Of stuff, yeah. It's a good, it, it's yeah, food for thought cool. and, um, and a good indication of like, oh, maybe that's where I could do a little bit of work, change my narrative, so on. Well, speaking of narrative, um, we are going to get into quite the narrative here with our friend, Dr. J, uh, quite a, a narrator, storied, <laughs> quite a storied life, uh, uh, surrounding the world of sex and sexuality um, and it all started not unlike my beginnings uh, in life with sex and sexuality. It all started at a sex store, um, uh, but uh, but a little bit of a different different path she took than me. Um, so we hope you enjoy this conversation with our guest, Doctor J. <clears throat> we fucking love this episode, um, and and very much look forward to having her back on the show uh, sometime in the future. And if you like what you hear, well, turn me on podcast. We're, you know, it's just the two of us doing this now. And uh, we su- love your support. So continue to listen to wherever you find podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. And uh, if you're on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button because we, uh, we love you. And we, we're so glad that you're all listening. And uh, with that little plug, let's <laughs> not waste any more time. So without further ado, here's Dr. J. track there all right well we are rocking and rolling 
Alrighty. Talking with, talking with Dr. J all the way from the most <laughs> northern tip of Florida. Uh, Dr. J, can you just remind me, what was the what was the town called? Well, the actual town is Fernandina Beach. The island is Amelia Island. Fernandina Beach. Sounds like a sounds like a a, a destination that I would like to go to uh, in the middle of the summer. It sounds like a destination where um, where you would want to like hole up and write books on mm-hmm. an, yes, and an and island like that. My writer friends call it Smutty Licious Island. That might be the title of our episode. Smutty Licious <laughs> Island. I think that's a good segue uh, uh, into introducing who we are talking to today. Yeah. For it, Bride. All right. Um, so welcome everybody, uh, to Dr. J. Uh, Dr. J is, uh, a name that was very intriguingly bookmarked under my Termion bookmarks from some point within this quarantine period of, of things to follow up on that might be interesting for the show. And so I, while not remembering the context for which what caught my eye originally, I, uh, I, I contacted Dr. J to see if she would be willing to be a guest on the show. And her, her signature at the end of her email is retired sex therapist turned erotica writer. That's right up our alley. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's right up my alley too. <laughs> So, Dr. J, we we had a chance to connect before we started recording, um, and you were telling me a little bit about the beginning of your journey into sex therapy and erotica, and I would love for our listeners to hear that origin story as well. Oh, thank you, Brody. Thank you, Jeremy, for having, having me on. I have to tell you, you know, I think most people wake up one day and say, what will I be when I grow up? And they never say sex anything. And that's our culture has brought us into that direction. And I think in a lot of ways, it comes down to choice. When things cross your path, do you use your strength and say, this is what I'm going to do? Well, my choice started the day that I did three semesters of college and said, I have no idea what I want to get my degree in. I quit school and watched my parents totally freak out. And I got a very interesting job to pay the bills (laughs) and working for Adam and Eve. They were located mm. at that time in Carborough, North Carolina. I did any number of things, including packing condoms and, you know, running phones and finding out what is it that people want in the privacy of their home. And the coolest part was I was working for a man who did his master's in public health and studied this and decided to do a retail business from this. So that part was really cool. And I think about my life's kind of divided up into four segments. And that first one is, you know, how how did my family deal with the fact that I did this? So we always had a rule at home that you always sat at the dinner table and talked about your day. And I thought, Okay, I've got the segue of time <laughs> that I'm going to be with them before I move into this apartment. And they want to ask me about my day. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. So are they going to honor what we've done all along and let me discuss sexuality at the dinner table? So I watched them take a deep breath. They went to one brother, they went to the other brother, and they came to me. And I took a deep breath and I said, well, today we blew up condoms and hung them on the Christmas tree. And that kind of <laughs> broke the, you know, okay, well, maybe we can do this. And from then on, they've probably been the best proponents of permission to be who you are 
and work sexuality in a different way than maybe you grew up with it. So that's kind of, that was the jumping off point for then going back to school three different degrees later and many jobs in between from, um, well, I have to say I, I started with a physician from the Netherlands and I know you talked about some shows from the Netherlands and he was one of these people that you couldn't stop him. He would send me all over the country and train with all of these people. And I was doing things in this little Bible Belt, North Carolina, that people would never have believed that that, that I was doing. Mm. So it, it made life really interesting. No doubt. I, I'm, I'm For folks who've been living under a friggin' rock, um, Adam and Eve, uh, can you explain what Adam and Eve is? And, is? and Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's a retail store. Um, you can find them online. You can buy any number of sex products, sex toys, um, clothing. Um, they have specialists now. One of the things that I really appreciated about what Phil Harvey did as a business owner in the front end of his work, he hired um, certified sex therapists to take a look at all of the products that they had. And they hmm. put a stamp of approval to say, this isn't harmful. Uh, these are good things in a sex positive direction for people to use. And now he has an in-house uh, sex therapist that does work for them, resources and that sort of thing. So they're a resource, a sex positive resource that people can use. Amazing. Now, I, I'm curious to know how, what, like, how did you line up that job? What were, did you, you know, were you just... Did you know what you were in for uh, from from the get go, or or did you did you just kind of like stumble into picking up the the work at Adam and Eve? Uh, I stumbled into it. My mom uh, worked for the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and I was just reading ads. Where can I get a job? And it didn't say Adam and Eve. It said Population Planning Associates. And I was like, okay, she saw that and she said nothing. And she knew the whole time where I was going to try out for this job. <laughs> and it was a typing job. I mean, it was like, and I got there and I went, what have I done? This is totally different. I mean, mm -hmm. It was really, it was eye opening as a 19 year old uh, going, this is, this is fascinating. Were, you, Were they? Uh, sorry, Brad, go ahead. Well, I'm just wondering, like, had Adam and Eve been around for a while? And they, also... Well, Sorry, you have ahead. to remember, I'm old. I mean, we're <laughs> dealing with that was back in 76 when I had that first job. Whoa. And they had probably been, they had a retail store down on near Franklin Street, probably two years before that. Okay. But they've done the online business for a long time since then. I, I got to say that population planning is one of the most the smartest covert business names. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners wouldn't know this, but if you try to register a business that has anything to do with, with sex, it's really, really tricky to like, first of all, get approved, but also to pick a name that describes what you do without being profane. Yes. So yeah, I can relate to that. My publishing business is Passion Works Press. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Okay. Uh, sorry. I feel like I interrupted you somewhere. Oh, I'm writing that down. Passion Works Press. Uh, were you saying that to me, Brad? Yeah. Did I, did I cut you off? Yeah, I had a thought, but uh, I don't. Oh, right. Uh, my, my question was, um, what kind of, you know, speaking of you as a 19 year old walking into this, this job, um, what, what, what were, how did you relate to sexuality as a 19 year old? Like, what was your 
were, were was this a, was this like kind of a uh sort of risque thing that that you you like you felt like you were doing something that you shouldn't be doing or were you pretty were you pretty like you know sexually uh i guess aware of yourself and <laughs> and like what was your what was your upbringing surrounding sexuality well my upbringing was a canadian father <laughs> who was catholic who ended up with a a woman who was from the deep south um and they in fact got married twice because they got married in reno nevada and then she did 6 months of catechism and they got married a second time so i grew up on a tobacco <laughs> farm and i had cows and pigs and it was always the you know um yeah i know what that looks like and i know what that has to do with and it was the well the cow falls in love with the other cow and this is how this happens <laughs> it, you know so my headset for what have I walked into was a brand new world but at the same time the family was not pulling me back going you shouldn't do that we were really raised to be free thinkers read everything we could possibly read um, my aunt was a writer and you know she spent a lot of time in feminist work so it wasn't an area that I was unfamiliar with it was an area that I didn't have anything to do with. And I go into this job as someone who's never had a sexual debut before. Ah, so this okay. was, you know, a whole different world that I step into this and know nothing about what it has to do with. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that, I that love story of, of telling the, the family around the table what you did in your day. I can just imagine like sweaty palms and like visions of condoms and vibrators swimming in your head. And, you know, it, it's interesting because when I, I got a master's degree, I have a PhD in marriage and family therapy, and my specialty is sex therapy. And it's been sex therapy the whole time I've done therapy. But when I taught classes in human development or child development, and I'd be working the sexuality piece into it, it you know, my family was like, oh, great. What's she going to have to say about this? Oh, great. It's like now they're tired of all of the things that I bring into it. It's like, okay, just open the space. What's she going to share with us today? And now it's what book did you write today? Let's talk about how this works. So they're, they're pretty wide open about that. And I do find out they tell people I have, and I have to share this story with you because this is what it's like to parent when you do what I do. I had, um, I was doing a female sexuality course in my office and I was late and I had to stop by my house to pick up my giant box of sex toys that I was going to be showing <laughs> in this, this uh, program. And my middle schooler had just gotten home from school. My only child, he's a male and I was late and I had dumped all the toys on the kitchen table and I'm trying to put batteries in them. And he walked in and went, what you doing? And I said, I'm kind of late and I'm trying to get these batteries in. He says, well, I'll give you a hand. And I went, okay. And he starts picking up batteries and he says, well, how do I know if it works? And I said, well, turn the button on. And so he's picked up a rabbit where the head's twirling around oh like this God. and he's punching other buttons and it vibrates. And he goes, mom, you've got an interesting job. Uh, <laughs> That's a good reaction. Yeah. How old is he now? He is 29. And what's, uh, what, what did he end up doing, uh, doing for, for work in his life? 
He is a HR person. In fact, he, he works for he works for a company that we all know and love in Austin, Texas, right now. Okay, all right. <laughs> Uh, I, man, I love, I just love the, I love the layered sort of background, uh, and, and sort of the, you know, the journey that you've been on to get to where you are today. Um, before we get into the writing, cause I'm, I'm very, very interested in that. I, I want to know more about your work as a, as a sex therapist and, and relationship therapist. Okay. Um, what, um, like, did you have a specific sort of specialty that you, you sort of focused your studies on or, or your practice in? Um, uh, or, or is it, was it, is it pretty like broad strokes, like, you know, sexual therapist and all that, that encapsulates? Well, I think you you have to remember too, where I was located when I started was in North Carolina. There were few, uh, Mm. sexuality experts. So Mm. you could have the full palette of, of what people might come in and want information about. And you might end up sending them to a bigger city where there was more, um, people, information, resources, that sort of thing. But, you know, I went, I did my PhD in Tallahassee, Florida. That's the capital city. But if you take a look at the state, you divide it in half. Everybody in South Florida is going to get paid a lot more money for what they did than I did in the north end of the state. You know, you're just dealing with the economics of where things are. If you're the only person in town doing this work, then you're going to find a whole range of things. So it isn't mm. like I said this is my area. It's kind of like sexuality is my umbrella. Mm. And I do it related to an education component. I always ran um, male sexuality and female sexuality groups at my private practice. I would go out into the community and I would go to childcare uh, centers and I would work with the, Mm. the providers from birth to age five. These are language. You know, we understand Mm. that kids don't Uh, speak the words until nine months, but they have receptive language. Let's practice getting the accurate terms in here so it can be body positive and they won't know any difference. And you can, you know, practice for nine months, getting comfortable and using these words. So it just depended on who contacted me, what they wanted. Was there any specific research I needed to do or people I needed to contact Mm -hmm. um, to do everything? But it was kind of across the board, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. What, how does, how would a session begin with a new patient? I, like, would I walk into a session with you and like tell you my whole life story of uh, like, or just, just my sex life story or like what I'm dealing with right now? Or like, how do people generally cross that bridge first? Yeah. Well, I think that's going to depend on what your therapy training was specifically. I did a lot of work with um, Dr. David Snarch. I met him early on in, um, in my journey. He created the crucible model of sex therapy. Um, and he just died during, during COVID. It was a, a heart attack. Oh, and so no. it's been a heartbreaker in this direction. He's, he was a pioneer in what he did and his work was about, um, Working with your concerns in present time, it wasn't about let me find out everything that that went on for you in the past. 
what's the issue concern that you're having right now? And let's see what's going on here right now. And what are the things that might be getting in your way in solving that? And um, I found that to be helpful because it's not good for people to bring up all their past history that has negative stuff to it. You don't need to anchor that back into them. How can we help them find the strength right this minute to move forward? So to, to be specific, Brody, I'd say, so tell me what brought you in today? I mean, I don't have to have tons of information. I'm going to look at how you reply to me, where you are comfortable, where you're not comfortable. And then I know when to move in and ask another question or back off and go at it from a different direction. But it's all about helping the person find strength to get to the place they want to go. And, you know, my philosophy um, about sexuality has really been to help people integrate sexuality into who they are. And I can tell you that my experience has been when people actually take sexuality itself and explore that component in them, they become fuller humans they become glowing. They, they have a, a positive and really um, good sensation about who they are. But do we allow that to happen? I mean, we have to create the space. And that's what I feel like I've done for my entire career is to create the space so people can be vulnerable with themselves. They can mm. choose to share that with another person. They can practice that one-on-one -on -one, um, with me, with a you know someone else in the room. Um, but, you know, it's it's a the sex is a people growing machine. And when you can work the process of you in sexuality, most of the time we hear couples come in and they say, I want to talk about that person's problem. And I go, well, you know, that person can talk about their own problem. I'd like to hear how you are working with yourself on this particular problem. Sometimes it's redirection and getting people focused on themselves for how they do things, which is the only thing they have any control over. Hmm. I love that. I, that, that what you said about it being integrated into who they are. I, I was wondering in your, um, do you think there's any like examples, I guess they'd be public figures of people who seem to conduct themselves with a fair amount of integratedness of their sexuality and who they are? Wow. I I'm just want to see it. You know, I just well, wanna... you know, that's a great question because especially with the pandemic, it's like I've closed down to I don't watch things on TV at this point, trying to even think who that would be. Mm -hmm. I would think it would be people that that are in the sexuality world. Um, I think about people that that I work with. Um, I think Justin Lay Miller would be one of those mm. people who comes across in that way. Um David Lay is another person that I think would come across in that way. And, you know, those are the sexuality people. It's harder to identify what you're talking about, because as a therapist, I don't want to be talking about other people out of school. Mm -hmm. um, although they might be a wonderful example, I don't know anything about underneath. I don't know what they're dealing with. And, and that's a part in trying to be genuine and authentic is figuring out how to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes and appreciate that what's going on for them may not be what's going on for me. And I don't want to put that on somebody else, too. So that's a really hard question <laughs> for me to answer directly for you. Well, you answered it really well, because I think what that what that leaves me with is it's not something that you can see out there and then emulate that it, it is 
really more about how it feels and that there, you know, when I think about Justin Laymiller and I don't know the other references that you made, but when I think about Justin, I think about, um, uh, there's no switching gears to talk about sex and sexuality. It's just very fluid in the conversation mm-hmm. and ease and a comfort with which that, that talking about that comes through. And you know, I, I think that people who work in sexuality, who've been uh, trained in, you know, for like sexual attitude reassessments, you've done certification, you've, you've worked your personal self. So you know where your biases are and you don't step into them. It, it's interesting that it's the same way in sexuality writing. You're dealing with not putting biases in and you want to present the characters that you're presenting in a particular way and be consistent in, in doing that. And when you can be fluid in that way, you really provide permission for people to see what it feels like to be in your space. And as a sex educator, um, I use the plicit model. P stands for permission. Have I done everything? Have I set a tone? Have I, have I given you space so that you can breathe and move the way you want to? And then the LI is limited information. What are the myths and misinformation you might have been given and how can I help you replace those with facts and specific things that you need to know? I just did an article um, last week on the clitoral body um, and it's amazing how much people don't know, just thinking the clitoris is the tip of the iceberg here mm. for the, the vulva. And you start looking at the legs of the um, the clitoris and where it backs up against the vulva and, you know, why certain sensations like sitting on a motorcycle, you know, would feel good across the entire um, crotch area because you have (laughs) deeper um, um, nerve endings that are working there. So this is me giving specific, uh, you know, limited information. And then the specific suggestion, which is the SS implicit is um, you need to go read this book. It's going to tell you more. You need to go visit this person. They're going to provide that. If you use this particular sex toy, it's going to do this, this, and this. Mm. So that's what I do, whether it's education or therapy oriented, the space, the feel, the information, and then the specifics. Mm. Okay. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I I would love to hear about the transition of being a therapist going into becoming a a, a writer of 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 fiction. <coughs> or have you? I mean, I, you know, I think writing a book, not something I've ever done, not something I ever really want to try to do. I uh, know that sound, feeling. It, it sounds, it sounds daunting <laughs> to put it, it lightly. It is daunting. Yeah. And I, it's interesting, Jeremy, I grew up with two writers in my family and mm. it's always the, nope, I'm not doing what you do. I don't want to be compared to you. I don't want to have anything in that direction. So I finished my private practice work. We had some family changes that were happening and I closed my practice. And then a friend came in and said, I really would love for you to step back into the classroom. I taught everything in college except human sexuality. I mean, I trained therapists. I'd done this, but I had never taught the actual human sexuality class. Hmm. And he said, would you please come back and do this? So for four and a half years, that's all I did was teach. You know, every other day I'm in the classroom and chapter five in the book was all about fantasies. And there's the science, the scientific research part. And Mm -hmm. I would have the students write an anonymous fantasy. And the only thing they could put was a symbol on the top. They couldn't have their name on it. I even gave out the same paper. Here's the same paper. I want you to do it like this. Then we switched papers around and we would read them and we would talk about, you know, who do you think had this fantasy or whatever. Then we'd look at the science and we'd, you know, grab the numbers up and we'd do like a little science experiment in there. So when I told them that I was retiring, that I was moving to the Highland, they said, you cannot stop sex education. You do it like nobody else. You have to find a different way. And I thought, what does that mean? And they said, you know, chapter five, you tell some pretty good stories. Maybe you need to think about writing. And I was like, no, no. that's not what I want to do. <laughs> and so when I came to the island, um, I thought about it. I thought, do I have a story that I want to tell? I had an idea for a book. And the more I thought about it, it's like I have zero writing background. I, mm. I did academic writing, but that is not fiction writing. I don't know anything about it. So in uh, November of 2015, I signed up for a How to Write Erotica class with Rachel <laughs> Kramer Bussell, oh who is the editor of all editors. She's probably written, um, edited more anthologies in erotica than anybody. And she's with Cleus Press. And Um, She happened to be doing a book reading two hours for me, and I'd already started the class, so I surprised her. I drove two hours and said, hey, I'm Dr. J, and she was like, you drove up here to see me, and I said, yes, and I have to tell you this is even funnier because she gave me a book for coming, and I just signed a contract this week to be in the next volume of that series of that book, so that was was just really cool, but Jeremy, it is not easy. It's like I made a transition for a whole new life. All I have done is take classes in how to write. Um, Every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. You have to have conflict. You have to have tension. Mm -hmm. How are you going to do the sexual journey in this process? And everybody says, you'll have an easy time because you did all that therapy. And I look at (laughs) them and go, 
wait a minute, I'm not bringing therapy concerns and issues from Mm. my past clients into this. This is imagination. Mm. This is how can I create new people and tell stories that might go on for them that are uh, fictionally realistic, but factually accurate. And I have a piece in me that I think, um, you know, to teach, you have to be creative. You have to think about ways that you're going to deliver the information. And I just kind of channel uh, some of that direction in there. And the first story that I published was in uh, Best Women's Erotica, Volume 3, and it was called Infused Leather. And this story came to me in the middle of the Atlanta airport. I was walking down the concourse, and I looked to the right and I see coffee and I look to the left and I see shoeshine and I kept looking back and forth and it was just like, boom, the whole story came together in full component. And I wrote this story almost in a sexual redemption kind of direction because it was about leather. It was about, um, he was into belt leather. She was into shoestring leather and it was about the past. Somebody had used a belt on him. Somebody had tied her with shoelaces. They wanted to own this in a sexual way that changed their past. Hmm. They were doing it in the present. And in that moment, I realized that I was doing in writing what I did in therapy. This is in present time. I'm writing a story that has to do with this. And here are all the sexual components. Right. It was like, this is pretty wild. I I mean, I, I, I heard you in, in that saying that, you know, people, people telling you that, Oh, this will come easy to you with, with all the, all the background that you have, all the, all the stories that you've heard. Um, and that was one of the things that I had first thought of was, was like, Oh, Dr. J, like she's heard it all. Like there's, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole ocean of, of experience that you've had that you could draw from. Um, and, and what I'm gathering is that, that, that actually isn't the, your process. That isn't what you draw Mm -hmm. from at all. But do you think subconsciously, like deep down there are, (laughs) you know, that there are some, some, I don't know, people you've met or, or it's kind of like that, that thing about, you know, you know, when I don't, I don't know if this is fucking real or not, but like that, the idea of like people in your dreams, like you, you never really make up a completely new person. Like the people in your dreams Mm -hmm. are always figments of other people. Yeah. An amalgamation of other people that you've met. Like, do you think your imagination works in that sort of way at all where you're, well, I know it does. I mean, the, the part where Bridie was talking about what's the feel, mm. I'm one of these people that, you know, I take in energy. I can feel the energy that's around me. I can feel things that are coming toward me. And um, there can be people that I meet that I just go, whoa, um, you know, my partner and I don't have a relationship where I cross boundaries and say, let's, I'm, this is what I want to do now. And this is how I'm going to do it. We're in a very monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. We have been for 30 some years, but you know, I'll entertain any number of things to talk with him about, hey, guess where my brain went today? And and this is where, in, in the same way that Justin Lay talked about, you can have all of this in your head, but that doesn't mean that you act on mm-hmm. any of the fantasies mm-hmm. outside. But um, I was trying to think of a very specific um, story. I think I told you this, Bridie, that here on the island, um, people, very few people on the island know who I am and what I do. There is a tiny number of people that do. And I went out to eat with them and, and they're always saying, 
you gonna write a story about this? You gonna write a story about this? But actually, I'm gonna tell you a different story, Bridie. We went to the theater, and in the middle of the theater, the um, actor had to take her top off. And in the process of doing that, the bra came with it. And we were in a three-sided arena and everybody sitting around me is like staring at her and everybody's like, just the other person, the other actors trying to say, put your, your bra came up. You're watching this whole thing play out in front of you oh, where wow. they're trying to take care of her. But that's not where I was looking. There was a man who was sitting like three feet from her on the corner side. I was watching his reaction. He was, <laughs> he was reacting totally different than everybody else. And the idea came to me of suppose he left the room. Suppose this occurred. And then we walked outside. I created this whole thing. I got home. I wrote the story and I sent it to everybody that was at the play. And they said, wait a minute. This is what you came up with while we watched the play and I said yes yeah. said did you leave the room because I think you had to leave the room to make this happen I said well I think I left the room in my head because this is I'm having a reaction I'm having a response to what is actually occurring for me I mean you know this is that process and Jeremy I think too you know I've been around a long time now and you think about the differences between where I started um Sexual surrogates were actually a legal thing years ago before licensure came into. And, and, you know, I've worked with different people at, you know, being with groups of people with no clothes on. I mean, there's been a whole range of events. All of those things are a part of who I am. They they can have, you know, little resident places and things will come up where I go, oh, Mm-hmm. I remember what that felt like. Let me use that particular feeling and I want to instill it in this particular situation that I'm creating mm. with these people. I love that. that, that I, I love that story. That's so great. It's a really cool process. It's like, <laughs> like a, <clears throat> what are those old, um, what are we, we used to do these a lot as kids, like the uh, collages, like mm-hmm. drawing from everything. Yeah. Um, when it comes to erotic l- literature, uh, because you write novels, not, not just, um, not, I don't mean just, but not, not only stories that end up in anthologies, but complete novels of their own as well. I have, my first one is uh, finished in developmental edit. I'm now revising what that has to do with. It's a series. So this is book one in the series. It's an erotic romance and it is set in a uh, sexuality setting. So I've created this interesting place where the um, hero in the story is a CEO for a pharmaceutical company and um, his father who started the company had worked with Viagra and they named their company Pricks. pharmaceutical (laughs) research in sex. And so that's where he is. And she is a PhD sex educator. So I'm creating a story about how these two folks get together with a history they didn't realize that they had and, you know, where that goes. So I've got the whole story laid out for book one, book two, book three. And it's interesting to be able to think about using my life as part of that, that I can pull and and Mm -hmm. pick and choose different pieces and say, oh, make this happen. So when it does come down to the the writing yeah. of it, what do, how, how how have you sort of structured that process? Because it it seems to me like every writer I've ever spoken to is like I like 
that I wrote something, but I don't enjoy the writing process so yeah. much. Uh, I'm, um, I think I, because I'm a process person, I love to take things apart and put them back together and how many different ways can you do this? So um, it, people talk about, are you a pantser or are you a plotter? So a plotter would take an outline you know, chapter one, chapter two, here's my outline, like you were in your English class writing your theme paper. Here are the things to it. And then you write to that. Some people just sit down and start typing and the characters will speak to me. And this is how I know they'll go and that sort of thing. I'm a combination between the two. The idea comes to me, it comes to life. Then I sit down and start writing and I go, okay, the front of this is where, the middle of this is where, and how do I want to see this end? And I'm in the process of writing a, a nonfiction book right now called um, Insert Sex Here, um, a, a Writer's Guide to Sexuality, because I feel like given the world that we're thrown into that and that we don't integrate sexuality, people say sex scenes. I don't say sex scenes. I say scenes with sex because we don't know where somebody is in their sexual journey. We don't know who mm. the people are that they're going to meet. And I don't want to start with a heteronormative direction. I want it to fit for the world that I've built the direction of the people. And so it's character specific. I want to know what family is this group of people in. I, in fact, I did a submission this week um, that is a sideline from the characters in my novel. So it can either be, yeah, this short story gets in this book, or I have a lead magnet for people sign up for my newsletter and let me send you this mm -hmm. extra thing that I wrote. But it's about, um, three people who live together, two men and a woman, and she talks in her sleep. And the two men know she talks in her sleep and she gives unbelievable details. And they find out that she has a connection from her past to this big soccer guy. And they actually know the big soccer guy is going to be in town. And they created this at the, at the, um, the Sexuality Institute has a research place. So they go there. She thinks that she's going there to do this, this research stuff. They have all of their consents all dealt with and everything. And she's behind a one-way mirror and the soccer guy comes in with somebody else. So I have a five-way situation going where these three are watching. They're being sexual with each other. These two on the other side are being sexual with each other. And then they all come together and go, <laughs> whoa, what is this? And she thinks that the guys don't have any clue who he is, who he is in her past. And they all get to have this unfold at the same time. I, That's how my mind works. <laughs> I gotta get, you gotta write my fantasies. I think I need, I think I need you like a little bit of Neuralink here. A fantasy. Coach. Yeah, yeah, totally, hundred <laughs> percent. I love that. My man, my fantasy is just like just seems so so vanilla right now compared compared to hearing hearing that. That's that's so fun. I love. I that. know people say, "Where do you come up with this stuff?" I go, "I don't know." And I wrote a um, a foot fetish story, and somebody said, "How did you come up with that?" And I said, "Well, I'm going to tell you. I was at this." Thanksgiving event. If you're in Florida, you know your shoes. People don't necessarily wear shoes because it's hot. Mm -hmm. And I looked down at this man's feet and I just went, those are the most interesting feet I think I've ever seen. And I just spent time just staring at his feet. I thought, holy cow, somebody's going to go, what is wrong with you? You just keep staring at his feet. And this whole story came together that related to, it's like the nuance mm. of 
each part of each little toe. I mean, I was just like, what is in your head? I it love is it. just amazing. Yeah, I really do love it. This is, it's so fun. Um, <laughs> what, what do you, so, <clears throat> I mean, you know, you've sort of, you sort of touched on it as we've been going here, but uh, what's, what's in the pipeline? What do you, what, what's next? What are you, what are you excited for? Well, I have several things that I'm excited for. Um, I want to give you another resource uh, for women. It's called an app called Rosie Wellness. Um, uh, OBGYN, Dr. Lindsay Harper, created this new femtech direction. And she realized that as a physician trained, you get minimal training in uh, sexuality for women. And then she has patients come in and she has no resources for them. So she said, well, I'll make it myself. Hmm. And she's connected with unbelievable amounts of doctors. And she also has done some very specific um, research about women who read erotica. It increases their desire, lubrication, arousal, and orgasm. So she has a erotica component along with videos, classes, all sorts of stuff that's everything you'd ever want to know about the, the female body. And I work with them for their erotica and I help um, mm. put things together in that direction. And, and so that's one of the things that I'm doing. But Friday, I have to tell you, I did my Twitter spaces. And <laughs> oh my goodness, I couldn't even believe it. It's not like doing this podcast because I just had my phone sitting here, you know, chatting. But um, the first one went really well. And I have my second one on Wednesday. So I'm excited. It's called hashtag the sexuality space. And I'm just going to be bringing different people in and have conversations with them in a little hour setting. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So a wellness journal. I have a sexuality wellness journal coming up for women, nonfiction book on how to write um, uh, sexuality for writers, the the novel coming out this year. I don't know how we'll get all this done, but you know, know, that's what's coming schedule. down the pipe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All, all in, amidst a global pandemic. How about that? That's right. You know, everybody's talked about how's your creativity been? And it's like, you know, I don't have to deal with kids. I don't have to deal with all yeah. that other stuff. I have my office right here. So it's just like, get up every right. day. I get up, yeah. make my coffee, walk upstairs and sit down. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, this has been really, really fun. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to, you know, get my hands on some of your work and, oh, and kind you. of deep dive into this. Cause it, it just, it really, really sounds very fun. And I'm so, so elated that, uh, Bridie, you pulled this together. This is a really Yay, fun Bridie. conversation. <laughs> so thank you, Dr. J. Thanks a lot. Yes. Bridie, sorry, you were going to say something there? Oh, just, uh, just you know, if there, is there anything we didn't cover that you, th you think hmm. we should we should have our listeners here? Or, or how are you feeling about well, all this? Well, I, I hope everyone would feel like that they can hit the pause button and say, sexuality is good. It's good within me. It's great for me to explore it and assess. And that there are people out there who can support you in that process so that you can feel good about everything that you're doing in the rest of your life. Amazing. Thank you Thank so you. much, Dr. J. This really was fun. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, there we go, Doctor J. Well, 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 well. Coming at you. That was, was fun. She was fun. She was fun, and I feel like I feel like even more inclined to visit Florida. I I have a special part in place in my heart for Florida. Florida, I just think it's really most yeah. fucked up state on the planet. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean that pejoratively. I mean like you want a fucking good time. 
or a really interesting, weird, wacky time, go to Florida. You know, it's all happening in Florida. Have you ever done that uh, Google? Uh, the Florida man Google. on your birthday? Yeah. Yeah. I do what's, think what's it's fake. I think, I think that's a, I think it's like, I, I don't think there's, I gotta, no, I, I gotta I, like Snopes that. There's something kind of fake to that, I think. Totally. But, but, but what comes up? I think mine was when like you, a man like rides rides a jetpack on an alligator or something like that. I don't know. Look it up for me right now. Let's that's that's bananas. There would never be anything like that. It's got to be sort of real. No, Jeremy, I mean, oh no, it's your birthday, real. January, it's Florida. <laughs> uh, um, no, that's Pinterest. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ready? Florida man throws pizza at dad after finding out he helped deliver him at birth. Exciting. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> um, uh, yeah. So anyway, Florida, great place. Uh, and even better place now that we know that Dr. J resides in the state. Um, thanks. All right. Yeah, what were you going to say there, Brad? Thanks, baby, for another great week. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yep, this was great. <laughs> and uh, we got more great stuff in the pipeline. Um, and uh, we can't more wait for words. you to hear it. Lots of more words. More definitions. Great some definitions. Facts. Yeah, some facts coming at you. Hard, hard-hitting facts. <laughs> um, and uh, here's a fact of life. If you aren't following, uh, if, you aren't, if you aren't a patron of ours, um, you are not living your life to the fullest. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on, become a patron. And learn what it means to really live. Um, and if you uh, if you want to support the podcast in other ways, again, like I said earlier, uh, hit the follow button on Spotify. Uh, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Anything you do like that to help support the podcast and keep this little project chugging along. We know we have a lot of uh, OG, diehard, uh, 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 faithful listeners, and we appreciate all of you and we love you, so... Keep on. Hey, baby, is our uh, the human connection through touch video? Is that still available for for purchase? People want it. Yep. No expiry date on that right now. No, no, that just okay. That's fantastic. Up there, yeah. So if you want to get a hold of that, you can uh, check the link in Bridie's Instagram bio or um, Mm -hmm. the link in Termion's Instagram bio, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. You can find it on my my website as well, brideymclean.com. And uh, that's another way you can support the podcast and check out that cool little uh, routine because there's going to probably be some more of that coming up Mm. in the future. It's Mm -hmm. been so highly and well-received. So uh, if you want to check out what that's about before we get another one up on the calendar, you can do it right there. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We love you. And uh, until next week. Go touch yourself.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.